You are Locked On Pelicans, your daily podcast on the New Orleans Pelicans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA as a whole, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, literally wherever you get your podcasts from. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media and editor over at LockedOnPelicans.com, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter, who with you all on this Friday, final podcast of the week as we still are regrouping from Mardi Gras and back to the full usual schedule next week. Uh, and it's a game day here in the Crescent City as well as the Pelicans take on the Cleveland Cavaliers. You might think we'd just write this game off. We're actually not going to. And then they've got a big game over the weekend against the Los Angeles Lakers. We're going to spend the majority of the third segment looking at that one as well. But before we get to all of that, we've got some stuff going on with the TV schedule of the game and the broadcast rights that we need to kind of look at at a very pivotal time for your New Orleans Pelicans too. This is like horrible timing for this sort of thing. And then we're going to take a look at the Pelicans offense versus the top defenses in the league, how they fared all year, how they fared with Zion Williamson back in this. Uh, And I think it's going to be an interesting look. So let's dive into it all in today's edition of Locked on Pelicans. So some interesting news yesterday in the world of TV rights, which is kind of a, th- you know, a thing that's also been impacting the NBA TV ratings all year long. And the ratings are down, not necessarily direly so, and revenue is still going up and the game is growing at tremendous rates. But this is a concern domestically over things, and part of the impact of things with this is these regional sports networks that carry games, Spectrum, Fox Sports, Altitude TV, sometimes have trouble with local carriers to kind of come together on a price, and then which gets passed on to consumers, and then distribute the games to the local team out to the local area. Denver is going through this where Altitude TV uh, basically can't get the rights, to, or like none of the local TV carriers, places you would go, um, providers, that's the word I'm thinking of, Cox, YouTube, all of those things, don't carry the games. And it's tanked them in the ratings and frankly, really hurts. It's tough to really follow a team and be a fan when you can't watch them. And now the Pelicans are going through a little bit of this themselves. That YouTube TV has not been able to come to an agreement with Fox Sports, all of the regional Fox Sports networks, including Fox Sports New Orleans. And all of a sudden, on February 29th, they're not going to be carrying the games anymore. So if you want to watch the game locally on YouTube TV, today is the last day that you're going to be able to watch it. This is not great. It, it's 2020. Cord cutters are everywhere. I haven't had cable since like 2012 maybe somewhere around there. And it can be difficult to find other opportunities and ways to watch the Pelicans, but I use Hulu TV. It's on there. I know many people who have used YouTube TV. It's on there. And now one of the biggest ones is no longer going to be able to have Pelicans games. Cox is still going to have it, but don't forget DirecTV has not been able to come to an agreement with Fox Sports New Orleans. So they haven't been having games or it's Dish, one of those two haven't carried the games. And that's a big deal because you have a young, exciting team with Zion Williamson and some other rookies. And all of a sudden, 
They're not able to pay attention to the team as much anymore, whether it's a home game or a road game. And the only way for them to see this team in action might be to go to a bar, change providers, which maybe they're not capable of doing for whatever reason, or actually going to a game. It's not the best options for a lot of people. And as the team is really trying to grow their fan base, push more season tickets, and just get more people excited about this franchise, and being in a playoff chase when people, casual fans, might tune in more and become kind of lifelong fans and maybe you know stick with the team because they had so much fun during this home stretch, you're losing out on a chunk of it. I don't know what the reach of YouTube TV here in New Orleans is, but right now, you don't have many options if you want to watch the Pelicans on TV. It's not as dire as the situation in Denver is with altitude, but overall, I wouldn't say it's particularly good. This is a bit of a concern. Basically, you have Cox or Hulu TV, and I think that's really it now in New Orleans if you want to watch Pelicans basketball. You might have an aversion of one of those for whatever reason, who knows, whatever it is. But that's not good at a very kind of pivotal time in the development of this Pelicans fan base when they're really trying to attract new people to tune in. And frankly, if you kind of look overall at this Pelicans fan base, it's probably a younger fan base compared to other places. So it's going to have a lot of people that have been cutting the cord to try and watch games. And now you can't even go through league pass to get this because if the game's local and on Fox Sports, well, then it's blacked out. So you're not able to watch it that way. And all of that makes this a huge problem. Not that league pass is any good to begin with, but still. So that is a really big deal, I think, going forward. That if the Pelicans are close to making the playoffs and people want to tune in and watch this, they're not going to be able to find the game on TV. That really, really sucks. And I'm sure the Pelicans aren't happy about this either. I know they have a very close relationship with Fox Sports, so maybe they push for a deal to get done. But this is a concern. It's one that maybe more impacts the Pelicans' bottom line and maybe some attendance and lifelong fandom than anything else. So does this impact you on a day-to-day basis unless you're losing um, the, the ability to watch games? No. But it's still not ideal and still not a great thing for this team. So this is a significant thing that bears watching that this could have some sort of ripple effects in years to come. So we'll get into the Pelicans offense in just a moment, but don't forget, subscribe to Locked On Pelicans wherever you get your podcast from here Monday through Friday for you all, breaking down everything you want to know about this team, and it is going to be a fun stretch, and hopefully you can watch it. And if you can't watch it, you probably want to make sure that you've subscribed so you know what's going on about the team. Wherever you get your podcast from, you can subscribe to Locked On Pelicans. So yesterday we looked at the Pelicans defense against some of the top offenses in the league and how it fared. And basically it was just that it's fine when teams aren't particularly great and isn't anything all that impressive against some of the most stout offensive teams. But what about the flip side of that? How does the Pelicans offense fare against some of the best defenses out there? And the way the top 10 rankings here work defensively, Bucks number one, Raptors number two, Celtics three, Lakers four, Sixers five, Clippers six, Nets seven, Pacers eight, Orlando Magic nine, and the Oklahoma City Thunder 10, Denver Nuggets 11, Chicago Bulls 12 and the Utah Jazz 13. We can kind of leave it at that. So how has have those teams played against the uh, Pelicans, basically, in terms of their defense? And how has the Pelicans offense more or less than done against them? 
Well, against the Milwaukee Bucks, we know that their offense wasn't enough to really get it done. And the Bucks have won two of the games against this team. And frankly, their defense is stout. Toronto Raptors, in terms of defensive rating facing the Pelicans, they're four. That's not great either. The Brooklyn Nets are up there too. The Lakers are in the top 10. The Thunder are in the top 10 as well. And so you can kind of see just based off of that, that the Pelicans offense hasn't fully really broken these defenses out there and probably were to mean that if there was a seven game series, those teams are going to win because they should be able to figure out the Pelicans offense and kind of shut it down. But things change a little bit since Zion Williamson has come back. The Milwaukee Bucks defense still very good against the team. The Lakers defense still very good against them as well, even though that game was close until the very, very end. But you start to see the Boston Celtics, their defensive rating against the Pelicans with Zion, not good and significantly worse than their season average. Now, that game might have had to do with the fact that they were pretty injured and banged up. So I don't know if you necessarily want to read too much into it, but that was certainly a surprise win. The Indiana Pacers, who have been pretty good defensively all season long, they played worse against the New Orleans Pelicans, and that was without Zion and without Brandon Ingram in one of the more complete wins that we've seen all season long. So overall, you kind of look at this, and see that some of these really good defensive teams are still good against the Pelicans, even with Zion not out there. So I think this is kind of reiterating the point from yesterday that as great as this team's playing now, they're more or less just taking care of business and doing what they should. Beating teams worse than them while not really beating teams against them or grabbing just enough of those wins to really keep them in playoff contention. Basically, it means that even as with their constructed right now and the way they're playing, they're probably not a huge threat in the playoffs to any team. Now, again, things may change. Zion's only played a few games, so the sample size on some of this, not too good. And I don't know how much you should read into some of this, but it kind of pegs the Pelicans as a team that's like the eighth seed, which is you know, meets the eye test by seeing some of the numbers out here as well. So it's about kind of what we expect for them. The efficiency looks really good right now. And they're, since Zion's return, they look great. They are in the top 10 offensively, top 10 defensively during this time. They're ninth uh, best offensively, defensively, they're seventh. They have a net rating of, where did it go? 4.9, which is good. And that puts them as the eighth best team in the league during this stretch. But this stretch, I wouldn't say, has been particularly difficult. You've won some good games, don't get me wrong. But let's see how this goes after the end of the season where we can measure everything from January 22nd on. So they're taking care of business and beating up on some really bad teams and getting some pretty lopsided wins. And since Zion has returned, they're 8-6. and six. It's good. You want that. It gets you a bunch of wins during this time and gets you back into playoff contention during it. But I don't know if... It's enough to say they're a completely elite team till we get a larger sample size of this. So looking at how the Pelicans offense is done against some of the best defensive teams and what we talked about yesterday, their defense versus offensive teams. Yeah, it's about right. They're the eight seed. That seems perfectly appropriate for this Pelicans team. And I don't want to say that they're anything above that just yet.
So as we hit the stretch run of the NBA season, injuries play a big part. Other things play a big part, and we've got it covered all over at Locked On NBA. They're Monday through Friday for you all, breaking down everything you want to know about the association and just giving you a quick recap on all the games that happened the night before, which you didn't watch. You don't have time to do that. We do as hosts of Locked On NBA and all the biggest stories so you stay up to date with everything going on around the league. Subscribe to Locked On NBA wherever you get your podcast from. All right, so two games over the weekend. You would think we would just jump right into the Lakers and skip over this game tonight against the Cleveland Cavaliers, but that wouldn't actually be a smart thing to do because the Cavaliers aren't playing poor basketball right now. They're five and or they're sorry, they're four and one over their last five. They're three and one since the All Star break, including a win over the Miami Heat and a loss to the Miami Heat too on the second night of back to back. And a win over the Philadelphia 76ers, but they're in a really, really weird state right now. So again, don't know how impressive that is. But they're playing some competent basketball. They might look, you know, come in with a record of 17 and 41, 13 in 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 the Eastern Conference, the second worst defense, the sixth worst offense, and you just say, hey, we're gonna get a victory over them. And you're still probably gonna be right. But I don't think this is one of those games where the Pelicans can kind of waltz in uh, like they did against the Golden State Warriors and then all of a sudden expect to win the game. That's a good way to find yourself down 10 points at halftime again. And with games becoming even more important because you've got a team like the Sacramento Kings that are kind of lurking behind you. Shout out Tyler Brown, a friend of mine who mentioned that maybe we need to start being concerned about them. And I kind of laughed at him. And I don't know the outcome of this game against the Thunder that they're playing tonight. But going into this, they're 7-3 and three over their last 10 games. The Pelicans are 6-4. and four. So... Worth keeping an eye on the Sacramento Kings, too, because their schedule still ranks in the bottom third when it comes to easiness. So great. More competition for the eighth spot. But the Cleveland Cavaliers could pose a bit of a problem. Andre Drummond seems like he could maybe give some issues to Zion Williamson. But overall, this is a game the Pelicans should win. They just might need to work for it a little bit more than they were expecting themselves to do in the first place. The real game we were paying attention to this weekend is Sunday against the Los Angeles Lakers. Rematch from Tuesday. Rematch with Anthony Davis. I do not know if there's going to be a tribute video for Anthony Davis played at this one. I have a feeling they might, or at least I think they should. I think you don't do it in that first game, but now that Zion's playing especially, I don't really have an issue with it. He was a very good player for New Orleans for a very, very long time. That did spoil kind of his reputation here and his legacy, but overall I think that in due time, it might take a while, certainly will heal, and we want to cheer this guy eventually. And I think maybe the organization, I don't know, it's my opinion, think they would should uh, try and do some sort of tribute video to him to show that we're not being petty about anything like that, though pettiness kind of sells, so who really knows. But anyway, uh, this is going to be an interesting game. The Pelicans were in the game against the Lakers till the very end, and we saw Zion Williamson, as I spoke about it yesterday on the show, really shut down Anthony Davis. Davis had 21 points on 21 shot attempts. That's not efficient whatsoever, and was 0 for 5 when Zion was the closest guy guarding him. And if you go back and watch all of it, yeah, Zion like neutralizes him. Anthony Davis had just nothing. Zion is quick enough to jump and contest his shots and is so smart at being a defender at times in one-on-one situations like that that he's not really worried about Anthony Davis trying to drive and can handle that sort of thing, and he knows when not to leave his feet, which really took AD out of his game. The game was won with... 
LeBron James, in particular with Drew Holiday guarding him. And Holiday did what he could. I wouldn't say he was roasted by LeBron James. It was when LeBron got switched that things really became a problem. But Holiday guarding him one-on-one for as long as he did certainly I don't think is a recipe for a ton of success. Though, again, he did a decent enough job. But LeBron still went for 40. So the question is, are they going to leave Drew Holiday and LeBron James alone on an island? Or are they going to try and send some help? And I think at st- for stretches, yeah, go one-on-one and let Drew do his thing. But it's when LeBron starts to get a switch or a screen set that there could be issues there. And that's likely where this team needs to blitz and double LeBron James to get the ball out of his hands. If a dude like Danny Green or freaking Rondo or Alex Caruso or um, Dwight Howard beat you offensively, like you just kind of shrug your shoulders and go, okay, whatever. You assume Anthony Davis gets neutralized to a degree here. He'll still probably go for 20-plus points, but it won't be efficient. As long as LeBron isn't dropping 40, I think the Pelicans have a chance to get this victory at home or at least be in it until the very end, which, frankly, given how good the Lakers have been, I don't think you can ask for much more than that. So they should be in this game, provided LeBron just doesn't go off. So when switches start to come... You need this team, and it's difficult for them because they're not particularly great at it, to recognize that and go, oh, God, okay, double LeBron right now, and figure that out kind of in the moment, which means they really need to communicate because then if you get the ball out of his hands, you can kind of live with those other guys beating you and trust that your own role players will make up for it along with your stars. So I think there's a good way that the Pelicans can win this. I also think just to ease the burden of Drew Holiday a little bit, sometimes you maybe do need to double or blitz LeBron James or throw a help defender at him, even if it's just for a moment, to kind of take some of that effort away from Holiday so that you can get a little bit more from him offensively. So I think that is maybe how things are going to be going into this game on Sunday because, frankly, the Pelicans were in it and they were competitive. And it took LeBron going for 40 to really win that game for this team. So there's a good chance for New Orleans to get this. And if they watch the film and really break it down and come up with a plan to neutralize LeBron James or at least slow him down more so than what they what he did before, you can win this. And that would be a pretty big statement victory. I don't think you beat this team in a seven-game series. I don't think they necessarily would get swept either. And the Lakers probably look at this being like, I don't want to deal with this in Zion for, you know, four, five, six games, whatever it comes to. And so this is a bit of a statement victory. The Lakers are very, very good this year. They are very shockingly well coached. They are 44 and 12. But New Orleans played them tough. And it's taken some big performances for the Lakers to really do some damage against them. So this is a chance to really show that this team is not just kind of taking care of business against the Lakers. The other thing is we don't necessarily know if LeBron James is going to play. And that's the other big thing in this. LeBron is was out um, for this game against the Warriors that they had last night. I'm recording this before that. And this could be just one of those kind of standard rest things. And, you know, recording this on a Thursday for a Sunday game can sometimes give you a little bit of issues with trying to predict injuries or things like that. But we know that rest is important. He doesn't want to necessarily do a bunch of load management, but he may not play in the game. I'm kind of talking about all of this as if he is. And then if he's not, things just become a whole lot easier. So it's worth keeping an eye on LeBron James and see if anything changes in the meantime. 
So that's going to do it for this edition of Locked On Pelicans. Thank you all for listening. Enjoy the games over the weekend. Hopefully the Pelicans go 2-0. 1-1 would still be pretty good. Uh, as always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at NOLA Jake on Twitter. And I'll be back with you all on Monday to recap the weekend. <laughs>